0: Okay, then. Dan Pink's often quoted and highly successful book, Drive, takes a look at the factors behind personal motivation. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. For me, the major takeout are the three factors that determine our desire to do something. He refers to those as purpose, mastery, and autonomy. Purpose is about being clear on the bigger reason for doing something, mastery, Is the feeling that we're constantly learning and on top of our game and feeling confident in our capabilities. And autonomy is having the freedom to just get on with it. It's a pretty compelling trinity, I think. And if I think about our current climate, I want to pick out mastery for today's conversation. Recruitment is extremely tough, and more and more businesses are finally focusing on retention strategies to plug gaps in capabilities and skills. So, things like learning and development are firmly back on the agenda for more places. Yes, at last. Now, part of any successful individual learning journey involves getting a clear view of who you are, what you want to achieve, what you're good at, what could be developed, and how that fits in with your team and the business's needs as a whole. Now, there are many tools on the market to help people do that. You know, Like me, many of you may have been put through tools like DISC, insights mbti and hogan and over the years they will have helped in the personal development of many many people the thing is do they really help as much as they could are some of them a bit generic do they end up pigeonholing you as a type do they really recognize you as an individual and the diversity and benefit you bring to a team or organization or Do they supply you with a label that you can wave around willy-nilly to excuse you being your authentic self? Look, I am a personality profiling practitioner myself, so I'm not here to slag off any of these well-established tools. I'm just wondering if we're using the right things for the right reasons and getting the best effect. Well, with me today to offer a different perspective and opinion to mine is Nicola Jackson, who's a personal strengths coach. Nicola uses another tool, Scope, to help people and teams to recognize and harness the power of their strengths. With a background in HR and learning and development, she's passionate about growing capabilities from within an organization, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this conversation goes today. Welcome to the show, Nick.
1: Thanks, Andy. Thanks for inviting me on the show.
0: Oh, no, lovely. Great to hear you. Lovely to have somebody who... Does similar things uh, in the personality profile and stuff, but uses a different tool, comes from a different background uh, to me, you know, crossing the streams of marketing and HR and learning development is always a scary thing on this podcast. But today, I feel confident. I think it'll be good. Nick, I know you, I'd like to say pretty well, but my my listeners, maybe not so much. So why don't you just give us a quick introduction to you, you know, what you're, what you're doing, a bit of background and what you're currently focusing on.
1: Absolutely. So as you say, HR background through and through. So I had a really great opportunity in 2020 to um, leave my corporate career and venture out on my own, where I formed my business Personal Strengths Coaching. And I suppose for me, the passion there was to focus on the personal development side of things. So LD has been my passion, and that's where I really find my energy, so supporting and developing others. And so for me, it was about getting a really good balance between being able to do that for others and also have a great family life. I've got a young family who absolutely, I love being a part of that dreaded school run. (laughs) And so for me, it was about getting a bit of both and and personal strengths coaching has absolutely allowed me to do that. So I focus at the moment is mainly around teams. So absolutely, I support individuals and I help them in terms of through coaching, But there's been a big focus at the moment about supporting teams in making sure, from my perspective, they're using their strengths, the things that energise them, to get the best out of that team, to be as effective as they possibly can be. And I suppose through the pandemic, people haven't spent as much time together, face-to-face, learning and understanding each other. Mm. And so now we're coming back together, there's a good opportunity for them to suddenly learn a bit more about what it is That they're bringing to that team, and and I use a psychometric tool to absolutely help me do that.
0: It's really important, is it, to just take a pause there to think about, even if you're still working with the same people, the chances are today you're doing that in a different environment, or you've got people from an extended reach that perhaps you didn't see as often, even when you're in office, because they were in a different different office. But now you you're even connected on mediums like Zoom or whatever it is, or Teams, and your team set up your team environment is is quite different regardless
1: absolutely and it will have gone through loads of changes so we all went to this can't work from home are working from home so very virtual and now people are starting to come back together so so all of that absolutely has an impact and then there's I suppose there's a question how well did you know that team if they are the same Mm. before the pandemic so maybe this has just put a bit of a spotlight on it and and then you suddenly realise that we don't know each other as well as potentially we could do.
0: Yeah. I, I probably told this story before on a previous episode, but I did have a friend who runs an independent agency in, I still have a friend who runs an independent (laughs) agency in London, but he said, actually over all the lockdown where everything had to be kind of uh, done over video and one-to-one chats, he said, I actually got to know my team far better on a much deeper level Because I had to take the time to have those one-to-one conversations, talk about them, get to know them properly, rather than the sort of veneer of tapping someone on the shoulder as I ran around the office on a Monday saying, hi, how are you? How was your weekend? Not really listening. And I think this whole conversation is going to be around two or three things. Focusing on yourself and understanding yourself. Focusing on the impact that you have on, on others and how that whole team thing comes together right and whether we're using tools for the right reasons wrong reasons whether there are benefits whether there are pitfalls it's going to be an interesting chat i hope
1: absolutely and i think there's um there are those managers that have absolutely used it as a real opportunity to get out there and get to know their people and thank goodness for individuals like that
0: yeah good for them that's what we like more more of that i said in the intro that i'd been put through some tests myself (laughs) go on fess up which ones have you been through
1: So I suppose through my whole um, HR background, I have been through quite a few. I've been (laughs) through Insights, I've been through Myers-Briggs, I've even been through one which classified me as a type of animal and to be honest, all of them I've taken bits away from and they have helped me to learn a little bit about myself. Um, which animal on. were you?
0: Well, you can't say, I did one that said I was an animal and then move on. So okay, what animal so, were you?
1: <laughs> I was a horse. So yeah, <laughs> that was very much about um, your individual care and compassion for others oh. and wanting to help and please others, which I suppose fits with what I do. And it has um, advantages, and it has pitfalls, as as they all do. Um, and I, I did find it really interesting, it helped me really apply what the, you know, the theory behind it was. But what I didn't like about any of those tools um, was the fact it put me in a box and it described me as this thing. Mm. And all of a sudden, instead of being me, I was a horse or I was green, where actually there's far more to Nick Jackson than that.
0: <laughs> well, we'll part the green horse thing. Although it does – I spoke to a really wonderful lady on the Engage for Success radio show um, just the other week, a lady called Jude Jennison who does leadership training with horses. Right. Ma- actual
1: horse. Yeah, yeah.
0: She's got like a herd of horses, and it's all about nonverbal communication and your impact on others and building trust. So, I mean, I know you as well as I know you. I mean, I, now I understand what horse might mean. Yeah, I can kind of see that, right? I can see that, that relationship building, caring piece, definitely. But I promise we'll leave the green horse <laughs> to the side of the pasture for now and move on. In the intro, every week that gets played at the start of the show, I talk about lighting the fires within people, as opposed to what was always said to me back in my corporate days of light fires underneath people. <laughs> and when we've talked about this sort of stuff before, you have used a phrase I think is a similar thing, because you talk about putting wind in their sails. So what's, what's that mean, and how does that relate to this topic today?
1: Well, I suppose the strengths approach I would describe in, if you imagine in your mind's eye, a picture of a, a sailboat. So mm. that sailboat I am using to describe yourself. So that's you. Mm. And you're sailing towards a desert island. So this dream like la- vacation we've all been getting to, essentially our goal, where we're going, um, in either in our personal lives or in our work lives, when we're trying to get there, the thing that's going to make a success in getting there or actually a failure is going to be whether we use our strengths in in getting to that goal. So so the wind in your sails is absolutely your strengths in determining whether you get to that destination, whether you get to that goal. Mm. And I suppose um the tool i use um StrengthScope, which mm. i can explain to you a little bit more in a moment yeah. that's um a, a strengths approach which absolutely wants you to focus on what energizes you mm-hmm. it is a positive psychology tool and and you know that that um may have reputational issues for individuals in terms of what well, you know let's just look in at the positive but actually if you focus back to that boat it isn't just about that. So so what we think about is the um holes in the side of the boat. And those are your non-strengths. Those are the things that really don't energize you. If they're above the waterline, we absolutely, in a strengths approach, don't even consider them. Because if they're not going to really impact you and you're getting to your goal, we don't need to worry about them because that they're, they're um we're never going to be strong in everything. We are individuals, and that's where where our power comes from. If those um, non-strengths are below the waterline, however, absolutely, they're going to sink your boat. They're going to stop your strengths working. They're going to um, stop you achieving your goal. So therefore, we've got to address those. And, and Strengthscope is a tool which absolutely enables you improve your self-awareness so that you understand what that might look like and how you can use that to really get to that goal.
0: I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because when I talk to people around... Human leadership and this stuff, that the word authentic always comes up, right? And we talk about being your authentic self because everything's easier, right? You don't have to work hard to be something that you're not. It doesn't mean we can't do other things. It doesn't mean we can't work outside of our preferences. It just means we have to be more conscious about them and we have to dial up a lot of energy. You know, if I'm sitting on a spreadsheet, I know I need a little rest and a sweet treat afterwards to get some energy back up, right? It doesn't mean I can't do them because it's not my penchant, but it does mean I have to work a lot harder. And I, I'm sensing that's pretty much where the strengths scope stuff comes from, right? The things that you're really good at and naturally good at. Is that is that right?
1: Um, it is right. It is right. I think there's one thing to bear in mind, though. So mm. it's not just about what you're good at. In fact, yeah. it's what about... Your, your energy comes from what okay. comes so naturally for you yep. so if you're using your strengths you won't say oh I'm trying to do that because right. actually you won't need to try because it will come very naturally mm-hmm. in terms of you doing that the spreadsheet um, example is actually one I use a lot with my clients oh, so okay. if you think about someone who has a detail orientation strength they'd absolutely love to sit in that spreadsheet all day to submit it at the end of the month let's spend the last day of the month doing that However, for those individuals that don't have that strength, that can be a real challenge. So that they're going to spend that day working on the spreadsheet and by the end of it they'll have nothing left. They'll mm. be totally drained. <laughs> and so in terms of well-being, it's about making sure that if you aren't detail oriented and if that doesn't give you energy, we'll break it down and do an hour every morning rather than spending the whole day on it once you've done that hour make sure you move on to something that really does energize you because then you're in terms of well-being you're in a far better place let's not forget the person receiving that spreadsheet at the end of the month unless they work and understand and know you Won't know whether you've got energy from that or not because actually the end result can be exactly the same. The quality of the output is there. Doesn't mean you can't do something if Mm. it doesn't play to your strengths. It just means that it's going to drain you in terms of getting there. So, so we often talk about what other strengths do you have that will take you through that spreadsheet. Mm. So maybe it's that your results focus, and for you, what energizes you is ticking that thing off the list and getting it finished and over the finish line well perhaps that's your motivator perhaps Mm -hmm. it's not the detail but perhaps it's getting it done and and, um And then I suppose it's addressing the quality and those sorts of things that come behind that. But it's all um, about trying to maximise what your superpowers, what your personal strengths are, are to help you achieve results that way. Mm. So it's about the how you get there, not just uh, I've got there, I've achieved this, I've done the spreadsheet. What we want at the end of that is an energised person, not somebody that's absolutely drained as a result.
0: Yeah, slumped over the keyboard. That's that, that, yeah. we don't we don't need that, I think that's really interesting,' I mean, literally this morning I was just conversing with someone on on LinkedIn on something similar, but glossing over the good stuff, you know there's a tendency in business today of just oh, we've done something well, don't worry about it, forget about it, move on to the stuff we've got so much stuff to fix, there's so much stuff to but mm-hmm. not taking time to recognize where we've done really well or where or where we've been strong, and i i this is the sense I'm getting from the strength scopes tool that you're using it's absolutely thinking about what you're really what you're good at what gives you energy and focusing on making the most of those things as opposed to just taking them for granted
1: yeah uh, stretching them really Mm. using them a little bit more so that uh yeah, the natural human nature way is to fall to the, well, maybe what I'm not good at or the mm. negative pathway of thought. But actually, what we want to do is try and move it to like the opportunity that's there. So in terms of what you are asked to do, the task might not change. You might not have much flex there. But what you have got flex and is, is how you address that and how you do it. And so I think that's where the... um repositioning goes changing your mindset instead of looking at when people will look at their strengths wheel often their first thought is oh where's my shortest spoke and how am I going to make it long and absolutely that's not about what strengths is about it's about making sure that you're using your long spokes your significant seven your energizers as much as you can within the role because you're getting the best out of yourself your organisation will naturally be getting the best out of you. So it's a win-win situation. So spending a bit of time changing that thought process, changing that mindset into a more positive one is a win-win for the organisation and for the individual.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, look, I want to pick up on something I mentioned in the intro and I think you mentioned as well at the start about when we're thinking about these personality profiling tools and we've been through plenty ourselves, There is, I think, a pitfall that comes around when you feel a bit boxed, a bit pigeonholed. And we also see it, I definitely see it in sorts of leadership development stuff. Someone's either come out of Insights or See Me or or whatever, and they start running around. I'm a red, just deal with it, (laughs) right? I just need stuff. Rather than what I think these things are about is, self-reflection self self self-awareness and flexibility being able to sort of adapt to to different people to different situations when you're using strength scope how is it different right so how is the pigeonholing thing not happening okay with your with your tool
1: yeah so so i suppose with strength scope the the Wheel in your mind, if you can imagine a wheel split into four sections. So those four sections around four different areas of strength. So it works well with the lights of insights because actually some of that maps across mm. relational strengths, um, we've got execution strengths, thinking strengths, um, and emotional strengths. So those are your four quadrants. So so if you wanted, you could absolutely look at those. But the point, the value from strength scope isn't about that. Mm. What it's about doing is looking. Each of those strengths have got 24 strengths that fall within them. Mm. And using StrengthScope identify seven of those 24 that are unique to you. And the chances of you being the same as anyone else in those are one in 1.3 billion. Okay. So, so- <laughs> Strengthscope is backed by the British Psychological Society. The science is always behind it, which I have to say I love. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that's really great about it, is that the fact that you have got that unique set of strengths that will fall within execution and relational, and you will have um, a certain quadrant, perhaps that's a bit of a higher percentage, mm but it's not saying they all ha- you have to be in that quadrant or out of it so it's about saying well actually three of your significant seven are in within execution one's in thinking let's look at that let's see what your bubbling under strengths look like so those are the ones that qu- I haven't quite made that significant seven but if you had a significant 10 they'd be in there mm. they also energize you so how can we don't use our strengths in isolation how can we use them together mm. to have a real good impact i think and it's not- interesting
0: i think it's re- I do. sorry i just i think it's just what you're saying it's really interesting because um if i think about if i think about the tool that i use in terms of l- luminous spark it's similar there's a lot of psychological research behind it it's aligned completely to the big five and union stuff as well so this is where we end up seeing crossovers right between a lot of the yes. different tools right if they're good if they're if they're backed up by significant science and we love a bit of science on on this podcast but the fact that only one in 1.3 billion are going to be the same i think this is where the better tools differentiate themselves because in the old days and i'll probably get contact from people saying mbti is marvelous leave it alone maybe but i'm either an introvert or an extrovert in in that assessment there's no gradation you're in one box or you're in another. Yeah. If I take Spark, I'm recognized I'm on a line between yes. uh, introvert and extrovert at one in, in one piece of measurement. And on any given day, I can be extremely extroverted. And in other situations, I might be incredibly introverted. And that measurement recognizes that. It doesn't say I'm one or the other. And I think this is where we start to get into the interesting thing of what I would probably incorrectly term better tools, um, but other people might say alternative tools, and even some of the more modern tools are trying to recognise that we're far more complex than sitting into eight boxes.
1: Absolutely we are. And I think the... There's challenge. Let's be honest. There's probably a reason that we started out with these tools that boxed us off mm. because it, there's advantages to it. Of They're course. easier for us to interpret, to understand. You can run around saying I'm a red, I'm a green. And, and, and that's quite quickly allows you to make interpretations of individuals. So so there's real value there. Like that's um, in terms of the investment you can spend in terms of time and financially, there's definite benefit there. That's not um, what this is about at all. I suppose the additional advantage of understanding and spending the time, because it does take Mm. to to really get into a tool like Strengthscope or like Sparks is to be able to spend that time in really understanding that individual and time is something as leaders that we absolutely are always up against. So, so to go to one of those box tools really does speed things up a little bit. But for us to be able to move more deeply into understanding and then taking that one step further in terms of, this isn't just how you work as an individual, but let's Mm. put that together with your team players. Where does their strengths come in? Where do they then um, play together to show more team strength? Or actually, where are the risks? Where as a team don't we have strength? And I think what that allows us to do is look really intricately at that team of people so let's not just make sure we've got a red and a a yellow and a green Mm. and a blue let's let's really take a deeper dive to see within that blue there'll be thinking elements that might be missing and where can we find those what can we where our resources lie where can we go and look for stakeholders and other people to support with those risks or gaps in strength
0: i think this is the whole point of today's question right it's not to question the validity of these tools it is to question the benefit that we are getting out of them and at one end of the scale like you say quickly hacking if someone has red preference or blue preference right can be very helpful in communication can save you oodles of time but there's so much more capable coming out of these these tools for both individual development growth and for team cohesion development performance and at the end of the day we need a return on a lot of this stuff of right? course absolutely. so performance is really really important it's it's nice to sit in your room for a couple of days discussing all their preferences and how it all fits together and i remember when i sat down with a team and did mbti and looked at my little dot which was miles away from everybody else in the team and i cried and said that's the problem that's that's the <laughs> issue, right?" And, you know, those sort of things happen, but things can really help on a much deeper level if you really get into the benefits of some of these tools. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your work and what are some of the things that you're finding clients want to use these tools for? How are they finding real benefit and how are they using it in not a fluffy kind of top level sense? How are they really kind of like applying it in the the day-to-day work?
1: So I suppose there's there's several ways that my clients are using this. Uh, and the first most, probably the easiest way to implement for many businesses, because this is a different approach. And, mm-hmm. and we get pushback in terms of how is this going to be received by the business? And that fluffy um, thing is absolutely there. Once you start working with it, you can see actually it's far from fluffy. There's mm-hmm. nothing. Um, it is absolutely a recognition of strength and therefore it's positive psychology. But it doesn't buff over anything that we don't need to look at. In fact, it allows us to look at it in in um, a lot more detail. So it's helping individuals. So when I have um, a new coachee, often they come to me, they're new to a regional role or they're new to a line management role. And that's a big transition, Andy, isn't it? We, yeah, yeah. We, you know, going through that step. So, so often it's about supporting them in terms of giving them confidence. So these individuals, all of a sudden, really value what they have. What are their strengths? And and the um, three hundred and sixty is able to be used as a uh, sorry, strengthscape is able to be used as a three hundred and sixty tool. So it has that element in there that really does allow them to get feedback from their team. So all of that put together, the feedback, the strengths knowledge, the self awareness that individual has really helps them in terms of confidence and working through coaching allows them to really apply it to what they're working on. So it, I am so fortunate to be able to see the transition in those individuals from the beginning of the journey to the mi- end or midpoint in the journey, when all of a sudden they're really stretching and maximizing those things that they're bringing to this new position that they mm. maybe didn't understand or value before. So that that's massive. I suppose moving more onto um, other ways of using it, I use it with sub-teams. So two, three, four individuals that have started to work together, perhaps, or potentially have been working together for some time, but aren't working effectively together. Mm. So they're not getting the most out of each of those individuals and what they bring to the team. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes that can result in friction. Yeah. So sometimes we have slightly different strengths and you may have a critical thinking strength where actually when you get some facts and data, you want to argue it out. You want to debate that in terms of um, how that idea someone's brought up works. And, And somebody without that critical thinking strength can land that and think, well, hang on, every idea I have in my creativity mind, I'm using my strength coming up with these ideas and you're just batting them down and being really critical of them. Well, all of a sudden that friction, when you understand each other's strengths, kind of dissipates a little bit Mm. because you understand they're not coming from this in a way to be critical. This is where their value is added. So actually that criticalness of the ideas can be really valuable to to the team as a whole because once you get to the end of that process, you've got a real great quality idea. It's almost been internally assessed before it's launched. Mm. So that critical thinking is really valuable. But unless you understand and perceive why that's there and where it's coming from, it can result in friction. And actually, that's where some of this is coming in um, really usefully for us to get together with those individuals, openness, we build trust in terms of sharing what those wheels look like for each other and how we can bring those together and use them to make the most effective team.
0: I think that's, again, really important because – you can get what i would frame as positive friction. So because someone's good at something they're always dumped with the same tasks <laughs> from the team, right? That Yeah. Okay, that that might work. In a lot of cases it doesn't. It can breed resentment or why well, I'm always getting this. But at the same time, that's not an effective use of that skill because that individual can actually help develop other people by sharing their strength right by educating people by sharing a bit what's going through their mindset by sharing a bit of their process a bit of their um thinking behind things to help try and grow and round the team as a whole i also think it's really interesting that what you talked about at the start there about the point at which this stuff's really useful for people because often it is making that transition right from team member to manager to leader you know Typically in the early stages of your career, you're leading task, right? It's a thing. Whereas as you go through, you're leading people. They're not things, right? They're difficult, complex bags of emotions. And actually understanding how you come across to somebody, how you're perceived by somebody, how that matches up with how you see yourself and how you move that stuff forward when trying to elicit, help, support, effort from your your colleagues this is where this stuff really pays dividends i think
1: and it's not yeah it's not it's not about that person's intent isn't the result is it so so the um outcome you're getting is absolutely not that person's intent their their intent is most in the main positive but the outcome can be perceived as something slightly different so yeah i think it's um it's really valuable in that sub-team approach. And, and to take that even further, we then do it as a leader approach. So that's through a leadership team. That's more of a cultural change. So our um, the organisation needs to be ready in terms of reaching that point. And then very much it's top-down. So we talk around what are your team's objectives? What does a dream team look like? Where are you trying to get to? And all of that really um Leads to more of the other, so more coaching, more sub teams. But the value comes from the fact that that then is cultural. So that's where it comes back to, you know, this employee engagement piece in terms of really making a massive change to the way the organisation works.
0: I think one of the best things about having a conversation, let, let, I don't, let's say I'm doing a Spark profile with with someone, some of the best conversations end up using that word intent quite a bit because we go through the profile and we and we go through you know the things that they're over indexing in or 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 need development and often when i ask a question as simple as okay so so how would i see that in in your day-to-day what sort of things would be happening and they'll describe behavior and then you flip it around and sort of say and 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 what's the impact of that on, on anyone else and and often there's quite a large pause,
1: pause yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because either they haven't really thought about the impact on somebody else or they're trying to work through their head. Well, maybe um, I've never really explained that to somebody. And all of a sudden you can hear pennies dropping of going right now. Maybe I understand why somebody I thought just can't get it. Hasn't really understood from my perspective, what I'm looking for. I've not been clear or I have communicated in completely the wrong way. I've, complete, I've communicated to my strengths, not to somebody else's, not given them what they need to kind of progress. So someone who I thought was just a belligerent idiot, all of a sudden I'm looking more internally going, wow. I've they, kind they're of they're
1: just different from yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: I mean, I think that is the ultimate base lesson when you go through these, these profiling tools, right? And it, it sounds trite, and I genuinely don't mean it to. I think you go through a lot of your early career going, why can't people just get this? Like This is, e- this is easy. Why are the people struggling? And it isn't until you have these conversations, not just about yourself, but with others, that the old adage, well, not everybody thinks like me. Actually, you start to realize that. It's not just a phrase that people say. And there's evidence in front of you. And even things like putting up that wheel or that grid to plot people as to where they are in the team. That's actually quite a stark moment for people. I remember doing one. We, 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 you put up that team wheel and a bit like me crying with the MBTI sort said someone said look that's that's why I feel out of it that's why I feel disconnected to you that's why you think I'm not interested I am interested I just don't get what you lot are doing I don't get what, how you lot are talking way. and for the first time at the end of that uh, session someone said I feel like someone's seen me today I feel like I've been seen and that for me i'm getting goosebumps now that that is a wonderful wonderful outcome of having these sort of conversations with people i'm sure you have very similar conversations
1: absolutely those light bulb moments for me as that's how i would describe that Mm. is what it's all about Mm. so that is um that moment of recognition and um the awareness that absolutely we are all different, but the value comes in that. So, mm. so if we are often, um, in my HR past, it was the, the, we had conversations about recruiting in our shadow, like mm. getting people on board that were the same as us. And, and in terms of working together, it makes it so easy, doesn't it? Cause they just think the same way. And we all are singing from the same hymn sheet. But then all of a sudden, when you are have a real, cross-function of strength within the team that's where your team is the most effective because all of those different strengths are playing to the success of the team and so whilst you might have those initial teething problems once you are working together and you know and understand each other that's when you're going to get the most out of your team. And that's where they're really going to be sailing when you're going back to that wind in your sails. Because absolutely, they're all bringing those different strengths to the party.
0: Yeah. So, I so mean, li- I literally the other day was going through an exercise with a, a a young team of managers, and we showed a fictitious wheel of sort of team colours, as it were. And there was a whole glut of yellow and greens right no no reds no 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 blues and we're talking very very high level here and ask them a simple question well what's good and what's bad about this team and they say oh it's a great team they're really happy they all love each other things will be easy they probably get they probably work really really well together
1: yeah i bet they do i
0: want to bet they do but on the other hand there's the question of well let's think about the lencioni pyramid right the five dysfunctions of a team right trust first okay they probably do trust each other challenge the next one how often do this do this lot challenge each other well they not very much right they'll avoid any sort of challenge at all and this myth that teams are all lovely and happy and smiling and everything there's no challenge everything just runs smoothly is exactly that it's a myth you know really great teams do challenge yeah. do push do do like really work issues through hard to get to a point where they've all got common understanding and commitment behind something. And I think this sort of stuff is where you really see some of the real benefits of understanding your own behavior and how it impacts others and how that works more cohesively as a
1: team that challenge that really leads to the stretch, doesn't it? Yeah. So in terms of, you know, yeah, we never, you know, there's no challenge, we don't need to. Well, then I'd question actually as an individual, are, how, are you pushing yourself? Are yeah. you stretching yourself? And as a team, could you be achieving more, more effectively in terms of if you were to challenge? So, So to sit in that safe zone is great, but it doesn't really lead to an effective, um, striving-forward team of people, does it?
0: No, and just think about the time thing that you talked about before. I mean, I, I don't know a single client that I work with where time isn't an issue, <laughs> right? And, well, I haven't got time to input in these sort of things. We haven't got time to do these things. We're very, very busy. But, yeah, but how much time do you spend running around three or four or five different times after you've tried to work something through because it hasn't been worked through? or you have to re-communicate something three or four times because you haven't thought about the communication needs of a particular audience or individual, and you're wasting time doing that. Wouldn't it be easier if you had this stuff down pat right from the get-go? Wouldn't you save a ton of time? Wouldn't you work problems through more effectively, which means you didn't have to do second and third iterations of of uh, of projects or, or yeah. implementations? You know, We just waste so much time Wasting time by not being effective in the first place. This stuff, I think, can really help people be effective right from the get go. And 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 what real benefits do you see? What's what are some of the most common benefits, Nick, that that you see businesses gather from the work that you do with them from those light bulb moments that happen?
1: The main benefits, I suppose, are they. It varies so much depending on the team, I suppose. But but in terms of how it's the how it comes back to the how how those teams are working together is radically different so instead of those relationships are um, based on them pulling together towards the goal Mm. rather than that friction being there and time and energy spent trying to resolve those issues Mm. So, so having that understanding of each other really does mean that they're pushing forward one of my my latest testimonials really talked about accountability and Mm. driving projects forward far faster and i think that where you've just talked about um your examples in terms of you know being proactive rather than reactive you don't have to repeat because you've thought it through you spent that time planning Mm. And, and that this all falls into that really so in terms of um what are the businesses getting from it They've got engaged teams that want to work together, that want to challenge, that want to push and move that role forward to be something more than it currently is. Well, as an organization, why wouldn't you want that? For me, it just seems so logical that this is something that really benefits organizations in so many ways. I would
0: completely agree with you. And and let's be really logical with a little bit of fun, right? Because we have run out of time already, but that I mean, we go for a half-hour coffee chat and an hour and a half later, we decide, <laughs> oh, blimey, that half hour's gone. Um, so we've come to the part on the show I called Sticky Notes, Nick, right? So I'm looking for some of your pearls of wisdom to get summarized onto three little sticky notes people can take away. And on the topic today of, I guess, making more of these sort of personality tools and particularly their strengths, what three pieces of advice would you give to the listeners today?
1: Okay, well, my first one has to be starting at the beginning. So start with knowing yourself, your strengths, your motivators. Make sure you know for yourself what they look like. Number two would be know your team. So understand their strengths and where you can step up, where your role is, um, your strengths are really needed, or where those other team players come in in terms of their strengths. And my number three would be consider how you achieve, not just what you achieve, because that comes back to your well being. And and we can always go back to the spreadsheet example. We can all get the right output there. The spreadsheet can be correct for all of us, but we want to be energised at the end of that, not drained.
0: Nice way to finish. A nice meta thought for the end there <laughs> about about how Nick love talking to you today thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and school runs to have a chat
1: (laughs) no problem thank you
0: and uh, you take care i'll see you again soon bye bye that was nicola jackson and if you'd like to find out a bit more about her or any of the topics that we've talked about today please check out the show notes so that concludes today's episode i hope you've enjoyed it found it interesting and heard something maybe that will help you become a stickier, more successful business from the inside going forward. If you have, please like, comment and subscribe. It really helps. I'm Andy Gorham, and you've been listening to the Sticky from the Inside podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.